this won't mean anything. So, <laughs> okay. Father, I just praise you and thank you. I ask that you will speak through me, Holy Spirit, and that I will speak with clarity. And Lord, that the words that I speak, the words that you spoke, will go forth and accomplish that which it was sent to accomplish, and that it will not return without accomplishing what you sent it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning again. And um, <clears throat> I asked Rick if I could share. Uh, last week, I said, I, I want to share. And so I've got a little bit of a story to tell. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a, we're all on a journey, and so this is just part of my journey. So I'm hoping to relax up here a little bit. It's been a long time since I've shared. So this is my story. Years ago, when I got saved, I came under a group called the Faith People. And I really, really liked these people. And then one thing led to another and kind of moved away from listening to them a lot. But... Um, but there's this one teacher, Jesse Duplantis, that I love. I just love this man. A lot of people think he's out there and talks too much about money. And uh, me, I love this man. Because when I listen to him, I see him and Jesus, and they're hooked. And that's what I love. And that's what empowers me, and it stirs my spirit. <clears throat> so we all know that uh, with Cheryl, that um, all of this started popping up again. I get this phone call, and uh, Cheryl's telling me that her number's up to 260-some. And so I'm like... Um, like, oh my gosh, Cheryl, okay, we're going to, maybe it's wrong, maybe this is not right. And so uh, she gets an appointment with Dr. Hill, and she asked me to go with her, and, and I go down with her. And, of course, she's having all these feelings, and I looked at her, and I said, you are not dying right now. I said, you're not doing it, so just get that in your head right now. And so <clears throat> we get home, and... I'm in this, I said, Cheryl, I said, if you need to go back to Mexico, uh, I'll go with you. And I uh, found out that Karen said the same thing. Well, then we realized that you had to have a passport. Uh, mine is expired. And so um, we get a phone call. It's on a Monday night. And, of course, we're waiting for Dr. Hill to get a pet, uh, find out if the insurance um, is um, going to pay for a PET scan. And so one thing leads to another. And so there's time and Cheryl's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not waiting. And so Monday night comes and I'm here with Rob and Mary and I get a phone call and it's Cheryl and Kenny. And I'm on a three-way with Karen, Cheryl and Kenny, four-way maybe anyways. And so 
um, we come to this place, Cheryl is gonna go, we've gotta figure out when she's gonna go, and she needs one of us to go. And I, I had by that time realized, I don't have a passport, neither does Karen. <clears throat> and I said, um, we've got a problem, I don't have a passport. And <laughs> Kenny, uh, Cheryl said, that's okay, you can still get in. <laughs> and Kenny's like, uh, Cheryl, you can't say that because, you know, they, they, when they come back, they're going to, it's not getting in that's the problem, it's coming back that's a problem, and they're, they're going back and forth, and, and my legs begin to go very weak, and I'm not kidding, my stomach, my legs, because I knew that I had promised, and I could see myself stuck in Mexico, and I'm like, I don't do good with this, this is not my plan my cup of tea and so I come in and they have to hang up and I come in and I look like a deer with the headlights and Rob and, and Mary's looking at me and Rob's kind of laughing you know like whoa you look like I do a lot of times and 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 I'm telling them what's going on and Mary's like you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you and I'm just sitting there thinking you don't know what my leg I'm not even there and my legs are weak I can hardly stand and um, so I get another phone call it's Karen and she said we've decided that I'm the I'm going to be the one that goes it's like and so and then I'm feeling guilty. Oh my gosh, you woman of faith, you, you know. And, and so, and then I get, it, so we, they said, and I said to Karen, I said, I, I'm relieved because my legs were weak at this moment, you know. So I'm really glad. Karen, now nah, all of our life, you know. If they told her she couldn't do it, she'd be like, ah, it'll be okay. And I'm like, no, Karen, you can't do this. I, I don't do well. I don't, I do not do well when I'm told that I'm not allowed to do something and I have to do it anyway. I, I don't do well. I, I never have. I'm not the rebellious kid. I mean, I've done wrong things. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not the one that just, you know, like we're supposed to, you know, drive the car when dad says not to. No, thank you. I know, you know, punishment. Nuh-uh. So, so anyways, then I get another phone call after we left and um, Kenny and Cheryl's deciding on who, what weaknesses will be in strengths? Is Karen really the right one because the food's horrible and Karen is very, very picky? But Phyllis can eat about anything, so she'll be okay, <laughs> okay? So Phyllis will be fine with the food. Karen, not so much. Kenny says, yeah, but Phyllis will look guilty before she even gets to the border. So they're going back and it's <laughs> so true, so true. And so I'm feeling, still feeling like, oh my gosh, Phyllis. And so we finally came to this point where Karen was going to be the one uh, designated to go. And, and I start and have really guilt. And, um, and I hear the Lord say, I, I chose Karen for a purpose. So just be good with that. I was like, not a problem. So, so I'm in the midst of this and I, um, I'm looking through some YouTubes, and I came across Flashpoint, and Jesse Duplantis is on it, and I hadn't heard from him for a long time, and I thought, I wonder what he's saying about what's going on today. And so he shares a little bit, and he says, I, I wrote a book, um, I Never Learned to Doubt, and I went, I need that book. And so, so anyways, Karen and them guys take off, 
I'm struggling with why I doubted to not be able to go across the border. And just with all of this that's going on with Cheryl. Because as leaders, we, we, they look to us. And um, my whole life, and we, I've shared this before, Phyllis, pray. Phyllis, pray. You know, and so Phyllis, what do you think? And so my whole life has been this place of, of praying and searching and looking to see what the Lord would say. And so um, I wasn't feeling too strong. And when I heard this, the title of this book, I thought, I've, I've got to get a hold of this. So uh, one thing leads to, leads to another. And I'm, I'm sitting one afternoon, and it was, um, actually, it was Wednesday afternoon, the, the week before, when Cheryl's still trying to work things out. And I had said to Cheryl, you know, I'm going to start coming up every morning, and we're going to do um, uh, communion together. So I'm sitting there early in the morning, and I, I went, you know what? If he wrote the book, he's preached on this. So I look it up, and I find he's got three messages on, I never learned to doubt. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. So I listened to it. Oh, my gosh. I felt like water was poured on a parched soul. I just, because I was in the midst and so much has gone on, you know, and, and I'm just shaky that, that I just felt like this refreshing water just came on me. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn with me to, um, this is going to be a little bit back and forth between story and scripture, so just follow me. Turn with me to John 20, and we're going to look at verse 19 and onward. John 20, verse 19, starting. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Now, let me give you some background here. First, Mary Magdalene is the first one to see Jesus. The next two, the next ones to see him are the two guys on their way to, uh, on their way to Emmaus, on the Emmaus Road or whatever. And then he appears to the 11 disciples. And this is what he says. He comes in and he says, So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of many, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. But Thomas... One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We have seen the Lord, but he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Do you hear what I just said? I will not believe unless I see it. 
After eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believe. But believing. Thomas answered to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you've seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Jesse goes on to share this, and when he said, I will not believe, it hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, most people look at Thomas as doubting Thomas, but he said, let me tell you something about this man. He said, when Jesus was going to go back to Bethany, uh, when Lazarus was sick, uh, the disciples said, don't go back, they want to kill you. And Jesus said, I'm going back, paraphrase, I'm going back. And Thomas said, then let's go with him and die. So he's not this wimpy guy. He's not this guy that that doesn't believe in Jesus at this moment. He believes, man, he's ready to die for him. So what happened? And he goes on to say this, Jesse does, he said, Think about this. Jesus was marred so bad you could not recognize him. His face was, he was scourged. His skin was ripped all open. You couldn't recognize who the man was. He said he saw him die. He was nailed. His side was cut open. Now, here's the other thing that I began to think about. Wow, he saw Lazarus raised from the dead. He saw the young boy. He saw the little girl. He saw a lot of these people raised from the dead. What happened? Well, he was the one raising them from the dead. And now he's the one that's dead. And not only that, but they were just sick. He was ripped to pieces. And so logic and reasoning takes place and comes in. And he's like, there is no way that he could be raised from the dead. And unless I see it, I'm not going to believe it. I want you to think how many times have you felt that way? I won't believe it unless I see it. I've been disappointed too many times. There's been too many things that have failed in my life. I won't believe it until I see it. And so I'm listening to this, and I'm going, oh, dear God. I thought, I've allowed doubt so many times to steal from my faith. Too many things. Too many things. And I thought, instead of standing, I've let doubt come in. And then I got to thinking, and I remember when I was a young Christian, and I didn't know the Bible, and so I read the, the, this stuff, and I remember um, 
One, at one point in my life, I remember this really distinctly. One point I went, why are you so hard on these guys? Why didn't you tell them you were going to die? He said, I did. <laughs> I was like, you did? Yeah, I did. So I began to search. When? When did you tell them you were going to die? Turn with me to Mark 8. Mark 8, 31. It was after they had gone to Caesarea Philippi. Remember the bottom of Mount Hermon where the, the uh, cave to what they believed was the gates of hell. And Jesus asked Peter, who did the people, who do you say that I am? All of this had taken place. After this, the scripture records, and in 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Huh. Down here is the scripture that I read before. 38, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. This is an important verse, if you don't want to doubt. Then if you go over to 931, turn to 931. For he was teaching his disciples, telling them, the Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he has been killed, he will rise three days later. There it is again. How many days later? Three? What are they going to do to him? Go to 10, 33. says, saying, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. Now he's getting a little more specific. He's going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will do what? Mock him, spit on him, and scourge him, and kill him. But in three days later, he's going to rise from the dead. Now, if you're like me when you're first Christian, sometimes later, it's like, what was their problem? What was their problem? Didn't he tell them? Why didn't they believe him? Why didn't they believe him? Why don't you believe him? And so the Lord said to me, Phyllis, why don't you believe me when I say you can have anything you ask for if you believe beforehand you've already gotten it? Why don't you believe that when you speak with your mouth that the mountain shall be remo uh, removed and you don't doubt that mountain has to leave? What about you? What about you? Oh, I can feel the spirit and I just went. Yeah, what about me? 
what about this? It's like we get on Thomas and others, and yet the scripture tells us, Phyllis, if you ask without doubting, you can have anything you want. That's what it says. But all the scriptures are true. There's not one word in here that isn't true. There are things also that the scripture says that I'm to love, that I'm to forgive. There are things contingent as well. His word is true without, without taking anything away from it. No matter what, his word stands true. It just is. And, and so there's this decision to make in all of us that says, I will either believe the word, the whole word, or I will not. It's, it's as simple as that. Whether you're disappointed, whether it doesn't matter. You either believe him or you don't. And so one of the things that Jesse Duplantis, and he does this, he said, I decided I'm going to believe. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to doubt. Would doubts come in my mind? But I said, no. He said, if bad things go wrong, I say, well, Lord, you said that you'll make it work for my good. I'm not going to go down the road against his word. I stand behind his word all the way. And I went, how many times have I compromised? How many times? When somebody is forgiven something, they're forgiven. True? You don't, you don't go, yeah, but. There's no yeah, buts. When Jesus said they're forgiven, they're forgiven. In fact, he says, cover them. When he says, don't lie, don't lie. You don't want to do that. What he says stands. When he says you're going to be judged, that you're, you're going to, he's going to come and there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ, I guarantee you it's coming. Not a doubt. Not a doubt. Therefore, the Lord is saying, will you believe me? Will you take a risk and believe me all the way? I'm taking a risk at this moment. I'm really am. When I am. I'm taking a risk. I, I, so I said, Lord, I want to know about Cheryl. I, he said, what did I say? I said, you said if, if, if I believe and it's like, and I'm not letting go of the hem of your garment until I know that you said yes. And so that's what I've been doing. And so I get these reports. One was a, a you know, little, I forget which it was, where I was at, but I'm on my, my uh, gator and I'm going, no, no, I will not let go of that word. I've been taking the word and I'm actually taking my hands and I'm going, I will not let go of this word. I won't do it. It's mine. It's mine. I don't care what it is. I got hit last night with something and something totally different. And I went, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The word says, and I grabbed it and I said, mm -mm, not letting go of it. I'm not letting go of it. Now, interestingly enough, when Jesus starts this, there's the scripture in... Um, I've got 15 minutes left. I'm trying to get this. 
get this done. If you go to, uh, let's see. Well, I'm not sure. I think I wrote it down. I didn't even open up my notes. Go and go figure. <laughs> I forgot to write it down. But you know it. Sowing the seed. The sower and the seed. It says the sower goes out to sow the seed. A certain, <laughs> a certain, uh, what is that? Uh, yeah, a certain sower sowed some seed one summer, sunny day. A Snoopy sparrow spied the spoil and shouted, "Seeds, hooray!" The soil, the <laughs> the sower stopped and shouted, "Shoo!" and sighed in sad dismay as a swarm of sassy sparrows swooped and swiped the seeds away. <laughs> Can't resist. Can't resist. The sower went out. Oh, God, I got. The sower went out to sow the seed. Some fell on the rocky. Some fell uh, beside the road. Others fell in weeds, and then others fell on good soil. I heard something recently that everybody talks about how many apples are in an apple seed. I got news for you. There's none if there's no soil. Soil is very important. I am a gardener. I don't really like to garden. I really don't. And um, I like to can, but I don't like to garden. So I put enough out so that I have enough <laughs> of a harvest. But I've learned something about the soil and the seed. They're, they're powerful, the seed is. But the soil has to be right. And in the soil are worms and bugs. And, but it's amazing how good, good soil will produce a seed and a plant. But I got news for you. Once that plant comes up, there's blight there's more bugs on the top of the ground, and there are animals that like to chew. Then when you get the fruit, we had chipmunks. I forget, oh my gosh, how many Rick killed out of our garden. Eight great big chunks of my tomatoes. That's not allowed. Not allowed. Man, we... Every time we turned around, throwing another one over the hill because it's dead. It's like, get it out of here. If we would do that to the word, we would be a people that could win souls and see people healed, prosper, be set free, hearts bound up. Because here's what goes on. The seed is sown, and then all at once the enemy comes along and he steals it. Or the soil is too hard and it's up on top of the ground for the enemy to steal it. And then if it's a little bit good, but it's 
beside the road, or I forget which one it is, affliction. The word says because, the scripture says because of affliction, because of persecution, because of uh, pleasure, because of uh, all kinds of things. Now that I think I did write down. Let me, let me read to you the different, um, dang, I don't think I did that either. Yeah, anyways, persecution, affliction, um, pleasure will steal your word. All of these things are at work to steal what God wants to give you. He promised, he bought it. He bought you healing. He bought you prosperity. He bought you salvation. He bought you peace. He bought everything we need. But I want to tell you something. If your soil is bad or if you're not watching the enemy, it's going to be taken from you. And you can't blame God. You can't. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm going down, and uh, I'm going down the road, and I forget something else is being said, and, and um, you know, I'm like, oh, Lord, and, and I hear the Lord say, which he's so cool, don't look at the waves. Remember, Peter sees that the disciples see uh, they're on the, the, the water, and they see somebody coming towards them, and they're, Wah! this is good for Jay, uh, Jay's, there's a ghost, <laughs> okay? And, and Jesus said, yeah, peace, don't worry about it, it's me. And Peter said, if it's you, bid me to come. And so he says, come on. Well, I thought it said don't look at the waves. I was wrong. Um, and I think, I think different ones have said this, you know, don't look at the waves. Well, that's not what the word says. The word says, don't look at the wind. So Peter walks out and he's walking on water and Jesus is there looking at him and, and all at once as he sees Jesus can you imagine he's looking and the wind is whipping Jesus' hair? Have you thought about this? Don't look at the wind. Well, you can't see wind. Can you? No, you can't. You have to feel it or see what it's moving. So Jesus, is, his, his top has to be flapping in the wind in his hair. And he's like, ah, and he starts to fall. And Jesus like. You know, I would have thought he would have said, that's okay. That's okay, Peter. This is your first try. Wouldn't you? I mean, seriously. Isn't that the, the woke, the, the woke generation? Don't say anything that'll hurt their feelings and discourage them. No, no, no. The scripture says he went, why'd you, why, why'd you doubt? Why'd you doubt? He's like, oh. later when they couldn't deliver a demon, he went, oh, this generation, how long am I going to have to put up with you? Did he say, oh, that's all right? Nah. So I'm going down the road, and, and I'm like, oh. 
And do you ever feel like everything's crashing around you and you want to curl up in a ball and go, I don't want to face this. I don't want to think about this. Oh, and the Lord said, <laughs> I'm sorry. He talks to me different than he talks to a lot of you. And that's okay because I was raised a Blackburn. I don't know. Anyways, he said, get some courage. Be courageous. I went, what? Be courageous. Stop. Be, have some courage here. And I went, you're right. I don't have to crumble up in a ball. It's like, what am I doing? What am I listening to? I went, nope, not going to crumble. I'm going to have courage. Do you know how many times Jesus looked at them and said, be courageous? Have some courage. It takes courage to walk this walk. It takes courage. It not only takes faith, but it takes courage to step out in the water. It takes courage to put yourself out there. It's amazing. But he said, you do this. Tom, ask whatever you want. And I'll give it to you. Have the courage to love. Because it takes courage to love, too. I'll give it to you. Say to the mountain, move. Say it. Believe it. I've given you the authority. Do it. But what if I fail? What if it doesn't happen? What if I fall? What if I look stupid? What if you don't? (laughs) This makes me want to cry. I have no purpose. I get hit with this. I have no purpose. If I don't do this, I feel no purpose. I feel hopeless to live. Until I engage in faith with what he says, I get thrown all over the place. I get the things of what am I going to do when I'm older? Am I going to be alone? Eh. What if I can't share like this anymore? What if? There's a stinky and dirty, what if, what if, what if? (laughs) It's like you go, yeah, what if? Well, what if I don't put myself out there? What if I don't say, no, I'm going to share the word. I'm going to believe what he says until I die. I will walk in a manner worthy of the calling of Christ, no matter what I've screwed up in the past, no matter how many times I've fallen, no matter what you think of me this morning. I said, Lord, 
you got, I hope you're going to be with me. He said, you have one audience. That's me. That's me. And as long as I please him, I love you guys, but <laughs> it does, does, does not matter in, the, in the, the realm of things. My one is him. Mm. I can feel his presence. I can see his face. <clears throat> Stand with me. Hey, I've got three minutes. <laughs> Back years ago, when I first got saved, and I've told this story, some of you may not know it, but I was like, the Lord can do anything, and I can do anything, and, and I want a spirit-filled guitar player. And uh, my, the Christian friends around me was like, yeah, you're asking for a lot. When you're just like, it's like, nah, Phyllis, I don't think, yeah, not a lot of guys around, especially Christians at that time. And uh, Carrie Ruff was one of the ones that just is like, uh, I'm praying for you to, to, you know, get a guy. Are you sure we have to put, you know, spirit-filled guitar player? She didn't say that, that quite that way, but I knew what she was thinking. She made enough comments. And, and I remember thinking, nope, want a spirit-filled guitar player. And um, then I would start to waver a little bit, and Karen would say, Phyllis, is he a spirit-filled guitar player? And I, no, oh, no, you know, <laughs> but I was dating, I was dating. And, um, and I'd always go back to that. And I remember thinking, coming to this place, that, I just trusted him. I just went, I just trust you with my life. I just, I just trust you're going to do for me the best thing you can do for me. And I got a spirit-filled guitar player. I, I say that to say this that when you've stood, when you've declared, the next thing you've got to do is just, just trust. Just trust that he loves you enough that he will do the best for you. When all else, he's for you, he's not against you. He's looking for people that will believe him. He's looking for people that will not stop, but will finish their walk out courageously with faith, walking on water. Father, I just pray. Oh, can you feel him? I feel him. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you will seal this word back on my heart. And on the people that are here, Lord, that there will be such a move of your spirit in the way we walk with faith, with, with courage, Lord, that you will accomplish everything that you have wanted to accomplish out of every person in this room.
And that when it's done, as Rick's been preaching, you'll say, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Josiah, listen to me. You have the makings of a person, a young man, that can go all the way. You've got the makings. The enemy will come in to try to kill, steal, and destroy. But if you keep your eyes on him, you will go far, you will prosper, and you will accomplish the task that the Lord created you for. You take these words this day, and you put them in your heart, and you listen to what I say. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. notice how some people have kind of like a photographic memory and they can recall details from things in the past and other people seem to forget the same things that happened or maybe even in their mind remember things that didn't even happen I was reminded of this yesterday, and I was reading where Paul had, was in Ephesus and writing to the church in Corinth, and he was correcting them. Um, as a group, they had listened to what the instructions he had given them, and they recalled them differently, and they added and subtracted from what communion was about, and, and uh, so he had to correct them. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 and 23 through 25, he says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and we had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this is the cup this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And that's it. Paul had to correct them and remind them of Jesus' words. And he said, be, one, be in one accord. Let there be no division among you. And he asked them to check their hearts. And he asked them to remember what Jesus said. And it's that simple when you take communion today. To remember him. And specifically, remember his sacrifice, that he was willing to go to the cross for you. Remember his forgiveness. Remember his love and his mercy. And remember that he won a victory on that day. And when he rose again, it means victory for us today and for us in eternity. So he said this to his disciples and he says this, to us today. Do this in remembrance of me.